Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Hey, food bloggers. I want you to know that I myself am a food blogger, so I understand the need to find those connections and find the answers and create transformations in my business that are actually going to matter and help me to grow and make more money and get more traffic and all of the good things. If you are interested in this too, which you probably are, please consider joining our mastermind groups, which are starting up in the fall of 2021. Go to eblogtalk.com to find the application. There's a button there that says join a mastermind group. That will bring you to an application that will determine whether or not you are a good fit for these groups. As Napoleon Hill, the author of Think and Grow Rich says about the mastermind principle, two or more people actively engaged in the pursuit of a definite purpose with a positive mental attitude constitute an unbeatable force. Unbeatable force. You can't argue with that. Weekly Zoom calls will have the format of peer-to-peer learning with members taking turns being in the hot seat. And once a month, we will invite in guest experts who will unleash their knowledge about very specific topics relating to food blogging and relating to ways that you can grow your business in a big way. We convene every single week where we share our struggles, our wins, and we can shine and lift each other up and provide resources and input that will help the other members in the group to grow their businesses and grow as individuals as well. Again, go to eatblogtalk.com to fill out an application to see if you're a great fit for the mastermind groups. Hey, food bloggers. Welcome to another episode of Eat Blog Talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am super excited because I have Christine Brady with me and she is from zestforbaking.com. We are going to talk about the power of the ask. So that simple act of asking people what they want and how much power lies in that. A lover of baking and lover of bread, Christine has been creating gluten and dairy-free recipes on the Zest for Baking blog since 2013. There have been a lot of ups and downs, a two-year break, an algorithm hit or two, and a rebrand, but she continues to share her love of blogging and wouldn't change a thing, except maybe those algorithm updates, right, Christine? (laughs) Also, she is a busy wife, a mom to two, and she loves a great latte. Oh my gosh, me too. Lattes are my favorite. Love them. Well, I am very excited to talk about this topic with you today. I think it's a really simple yet important one. But first, we all want to hear your fun fact. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Um, So my fun fact is um, I also have a yard card sign business. So I don't know if you've seen these signs out, but what we do is people rent these yard card signs from us. And um, it's like a 24-hour rental for birthdays, graduations, and we put it in their front yard. It's unique. I mean, it's it's really, it's fun. And that's why I say it's a fun fact because... um, it just puts a smile on everyone's face. It's when you wake up in the morning and it's typically for, we do a lot of 40-year birthdays, 50-year birthdays, kids, and it's out in front of their yard and it says, happy, you know, 10th birthday, Zach. Yeah, I've seen those. I actually saw a picture of one on Instagram recently where 
it was for like a 16th birthday or something. And I thought they were so cool. I love that you do that. How long have you been doing that? Since 2018. Wow. Do you stay pretty busy with that? Oh, we do. Yeah. It's, um, I have a a friend who does it in Dallas and I'm in, um, kind of the, uh, the, uh, Fort Worth area, Arlington. So it's, yeah. And of course the pandemic, I hate to say it helped, but you know, I mean, it, it definitely, um, just like food blogging. (laughs) People. Yeah, totally understand that. Well, that's really cool. I love that. Um, Okay, I'm excited to talk about the reason you're here today, Christine, which is just that simple act of asking people what they want and then delivering it. I also love that you found the world of online teaching that way, right? Because you do online baking courses, correct? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I, I think more importantly is like, how did you land on that? You didn't just pull something out of a hat and say, I'm going to do online baking courses, you actually put thought into how to figure it out. And I'm super intrigued by this because it's such a simple concept. So I would love if you just talked us through this process, like how you uh, started it and kind of the process that you took your audience through. Would you mind sharing that with us? Yeah, yeah, no. Um, So, (laughs) you know, it's funny, just like I mentioned with the pandemic, pandemic time was great for food bloggers. I mean, we all, you know, we, we definitely saw um, a nice uptick, but I kind of noticed, and I'm, I think just seeing in Facebook groups and just the chatter, once January kind of hit, things, of course, took a little slump. And then, you know, now, of course, with where we're at with the summer and just it really, really, really took a hit, um, especially for, it just me, I, I I would say, especially for me, but I know for everybody, it really has, right? Uh, baking is just, uh, so when that kind of started, I, I guess we back up to January. So when that kind of started, I wouldn't say I saw the writing on the wall, but I thought, oh man, I, I've got to do something. I want to make this year my year to really grow and just accelerate my business. And so one of the things that you know, I've been consistently doing with my, um, I call them my people, but my readers, because we're very close. I, I have maintained a very, you know, close, um, I'd say relationship even with them um, from day one, from when they um, first joined my email list. You know, that's one thing I try to kind of work on and develop that relationship. Well, so it started you know, I thought, how can I, how can I best help, help everybody? You know, I've got so many people are responding to my emails and saying so many different things. Hey, I need help with this, or can you clarify this? Or I get to this point in the recipe and, you know, I need to have a little more help or it could be anything, so many different things. And so I got to thinking, how can I better help them? What, what can I do to kind of, um, give them more information and help them in their gluten-free baking journey. And um, at, at that point, I, I was still kind of, you know, toying with the idea of, is it a, maybe a private Facebook group? Is it, um, you know, what could that actually be? A cookbook? I kind of had these ideas, you know, and I just kept jotting them down like, okay, here's an idea. Here's another idea. I'm just going to kind of, you know, keep a file folder or whatever of, of all these ideas. 
And um, so after I had all this kind of together, I thought, well, you know, I have a pretty good email list. I'm going to do a survey. I hadn't done a survey in forever. (laughs) Um, So I, I started kind of putting together some questions and, you know, with me, and I don't know if other people are like this, but I work on something, then I kind of have to put a pause on it and then come back and just see if the questions, because, you know, I hate to say it's a one-shot deal, but it kind of, to me, it was. I mean, I had one shot to get this survey right, and I couldn't go back and say, oh, wait, I'm sorry, I forgot a question. (laughs) Let me throw this in there, too. Um, So finally, I had this survey right, and I would say it's just a matter of a few days. It didn't take too long. and then I pushed the button and sent it out and said, okay, y'all, I want to hear from you. Tell me what is on your mind. Tell me. Um, I had seven questions. They were a mix of open-ended and things that, again, going back to my ideas that I thought maybe would help them, I kind of interweaved it a little bit, but tried not to lead them, you know. Um, well, when everything was said and done, I had 630 responses. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding? I am not kidding. And so I was thinking, okay, maybe 200 responses, you know, I mean, a survey, you know. How many people are on your list? So at that time, it was 11,000. So it was pretty big, right? I mean, in the scheme of things, I guess it, it was pretty good. But percentage-wise, that is a massive response. It's, yes, yes, especially for I don't know. For me, I think surveys, and I think oh, the response would be even less, right, than a click-through to like a blog post. Oh, yes, <laughs> so it was wonderful. I mean, um, and these were not like uh, some of my questions were, like I said, open-ended. So everybody typed stuff in. I mean, I every one of those 630 typed. And so I probably, Megan, it took me about a week to go over. And I still had more coming in. So um, what I used, um, you know, Google Forms was is great for that. And then they'll convert it into like an Excel sheet. And so you can kind of look basically on my monitors. I had the thing up and then the answers so I could kind of go back and forth and just, you know, align everybody to where I thought their answers were or whatever. But um, so I had all that up. So I'm going through it. And so again, I'm I'm looking at it with the purpose of I'm going to do something for these people. I'm going to do something that is going to help them, that's going to matter, that they're going to essentially love and buy, you know, want and buy. so I took an old-fashioned notebook and started jotting some things down. And, you know, I, fortunately, I guess, um, I, I say fortunately, but a lot of the issues are the same with gluten-free baking. Um, you've got your kind of top issues and then, you know, some, some other things also that come up. Um, And yeah, I mean, I basically took these top issues, probably five of them, six of them, and looked at my idea list of of what I thought, again, I thought they would would resonate with them. 
and um, came up with a um, baking course because what I was noticing is that um, my target audience, they do like to read recipes, but they also like to be a part of it. They like to do it, you know, they, they would appreciate somebody making a recipe um, like a class. So I thought this was new. I just thought, oh, wow, this is new to me. I didn't realize that, you know, and again, it was revealed in my survey. Um, and um, so, yeah. And so at that point, you know, I really just, I think after the survey, really, because that's when you're asking people, what is it? You know, what is it that is bothering you? What? And then it's, of course, it's your job to kind of figure out how you can plug in and create something to solve their problem. Um, and so, yeah. And at that point, I got to work on <laughs> creating what I had never done before, and that's creating a, a class. Oh, okay. I I have so many questions and things I want to comment on, but. How cool. So my first thing, I guess, is did you have any idea before you sent out the survey that a baking class would be an option? Um, you know, I had it noted as an option. I did. Yes. But, you know, I, I had never been front facing camera before. I've done hands in the pans videos and then slideshow videos on my blog. I had never actually been um, what do we call it? Cooking show style, I guess. Is that what we call it? Yeah, right. Yep. Yep. So it was on my list, but I was, you know, I thought, oh, maybe just a private Facebook group. Is that what you want? Oh, no, not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know you try to steer them to the easy solution, right? But it's not always that. So can I ask you about your survey? And you mentioned that you did a few open-ended questions. I think that's so smart to actually get people writing because when they start writing, you're like, whoa, okay. It's not just like pick from A, B, C, and D. They're actually giving you things. They're pulling things out of their minds, which I think is really valuable. What, what did you ask? I'm curious if you don't mind sharing a few of your survey questions. Would you mind sharing those with us? Not at all. I can definitely do that. Um, so one thing, okay, so I will preface it by saying there's a question that I wish I had asked. So make a note of this one because this is a good one that um, I, I do wish. I wish that I had asked um, their age group. And again, it's it's a random question that you think, oh, why, why would you? But it's just, I think it would help um because I come to find out that my age group's not really on um, Facebook. They're comfortable with email and websites. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's one question that I would have asked. It's just a kind of a radial dial maybe um, for that. But, um, yeah, so, again, I had seven questions. And let me see where what I can actually start with here. Um, so I titled my survey, How Can I Help You? Okay. And then um, I just, for like the subtitle, I just put, I want to hear what's stumping you with living gluten-free. Okay. And then, so these were radial dial questions. Um, do you consider yourself? And then there was options. New to gluten-free, not new, but still trying to figure things out. 
or experienced and just looking for more recipes and tips. So that kind of identifies them. I wanted to really know, am I talking to new people or am I talk who am I talking to? And again, I was surprised. I thought my audience was new to gluten-free. But it comes to find out that um, my people are actually experienced. And they were just... Interesting. Looking, yes. Yeah, I thought so too. Again, these things that you just don't... <laughs> you're like, oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Um, and so then my next question was more um, their other, um, other allergies. So are you also dairy-free? Are you egg-free? Um, I had a selection of things. Low-carb. They could click. Um, I'm sorry. They could select more than one. And then there was an other. So I gave them one, two, three, four, like seven options. And then there was an other. And so they could fill in whatever else, whatever dietary um, restrictions that they had. And I did that mainly just so that I could see. I really just was curious. I wanted to see. I kind of knew. I, I, I knew that they were dairy-free also in addition to gluten-free. But I wanted to see what else was out there. You know, what, are, what else people are struggling with. So it was more a curiosity thing, I guess. Um, and then uh, their biggest frustration, and this was my first open-ended. So um, this is one thing I would recommend is to start off your survey with two, um, two of just either radial dial or the check mark. So that kind of gives them, it starts it off easy. That's <laughs> easy, but starts it off that type and then your third one would be an open-ended so that was my what's your biggest frustration with being gluten-free or baking gluten-free and i had all these required by the way so this was where they could type stuff in okay and then the second the, the next question after that your fourth question was also an open-ended okay and that's if you could wave a magic wand and fix a problem you're having with gluten-free foods, what would it be? Um, and I got that tip, um, I can't remember where I saw that, but if you could wave a magic wand and fix. So that's a good one to use. <laughs> it's a good question. Um, and then the next two questions after that were also checkmark questions. So then it kind of goes back into maybe an easier, you know, um, thing to just check. And that would be my uh, that question was, what's your ideal method of learning? And then I had, you know, like I said, reading online, uh, reading printouts, which, you know, I gave them options, recipes, cookbooks, um, watching a video, listening to auto, in-person audio, uh, listening, or, um, and then an in-person class was the next, the last option. Um and yeah, that's it. It definitely that was a good spread. Reading online was definitely number one, um, which I think with food bloggers would probably be, you know, across the board. And then um, an in-person class had quite a bit too. Um, and then a video was my second one, which I kind of thought I, I didn't put that again. This is another thing I kind of when you're thinking that maybe this could be the answer. I put it like third because I did think I knew reading online would be number one with them. And then reading printouts, I thought, you know, it's kind of the same, but I put that as another option. And then I thought, okay, watching a video is going to be really high up there too. So I went ahead and put that third 
as an option. Um, just to kind of see, kind of see how things would fall. Um, and then the next question, uh, what do you find most challenging? So then you're asking, you know, what do you find most challenging? But it's not open-ended. You have, I had some options there. And then I did also include an other, you know, so I, it, this was actually a check mark kind of question. And um, this is where I took the answers that I was hearing in my email. Okay, so one of the questions, yeah, so one of the questions when anyone joins my email list, the second email that they get from me, which is an hour after the first one, I send this second email. And it's, well, the title of the email is One More Thing. So when they open that, it's asking them a question. What do you struggle with? It can be anything. And that's exactly what I ask them. And so I hear, you know, I hear things back. And so I just basically took those answers and put them in here just to kind of solidify that I was, you know, hearing that this was the correct stuff that I'm hearing. Um, and then my last one, I just threw this in there, just anything else you want to share. And this was not required, but it was just an open-ended question. Um, so it's a good mix of, um, you know, starts it off as an easy, easy uh, radial dial, you know, check mark, and then some open-ended ones. Um, and I'm happy to share this. I can create a copy and just share this if anyone wants it and kind of adapt it to your. Oh, that niche. is very generous. This is so interesting. I took so many notes as you were talking. I love that you put so much thought into this because I think when we think about sending out a survey, like you said earlier, a little while ago, it was like, yeah, I haven't done that in ages. What am I going to say? We don't really put a ton of thought into it. But the fact that you went through and put so much thought into not only the questions, but how you were going to pose the questions, whether or not they would have to write about each one, and then taking challenges and including them from a set, from a totally different email that had happened beforehand, that is all just so brilliant and well thought out. And you got over 600 responses. So clearly people wanted to take this survey and they were interested and they didn't just start and stop. They actually submitted it. Um, okay, so your your title was, let me see, I wrote this down somewhere. Okay, your title is, How Can I Help You? Mm -hmm. And then just something simple. I want to hear what's stumping you on the topic of gluten-free and dairy-free eating, correct? Yeah. Yep. So it was just as simple as that. So anyone else could cater that to their own niche. Um, how long did it take people to fill it out? Did you said, I think you said it was about a week? Well, so I sent it out and then I did the, um, for the ones that didn't open it, you know, the unopens on email, I sent it out again. Um, I, you know, I hate to say, but I probably sent this three times total. Um, and, you know, the third time was within the body of another email. Like I, 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 um, I sent emails for like my new recipes. And then this was on like a, basically a third paragraph, like, Hey, if you haven't filled this out yet, I would really love to hear from you. So, but yeah, it was mentioned a total of three times. 
Okay. That's smart so, too, just yeah. to keep nudging people to get there. Um, and how have, how have the classes gone? So you've implemented this baking class. Is it going well? It is. It is. So, um, yeah. So I, again, after this survey, then it kind of led me to, to, okay, I got to get busy and create something. <laughs> and um, yeah, I would say it took probably two months. Um, and in that that meantime, I had told them I, when I sent my thank you email for them for filling out the survey, um, I had said, I, I'm going to be working on something, you know, just give me, give me a couple months, but I'm, I'm going to have something ready. And I did, I, I, anytime, you know, I, I kind of, that's just kind of a rule I've given for myself that if I tell them I'm going to do something, I'm going to get busy on it. And so I did, I, it, it took me two months and then um, I did my first, um, this was pre-recorded. Now I called it a master class. And so I had recorded, you know, it was basically me. Um, it was a series of like three classes. And in one of them was me actually making this bread that is, it's good. It's a, it's a real good bread that they all love. And I, I hear people talk about a lot, you know, it's just one of my recipes that's, that's a good one. And, but, you know, again, I was getting questions on it and that's great. You know, you want questions as a, as a food blogger, when people are talking about it, you're, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I used, I used that recipe and, um, you know, I'll tell you, I mean, I had never done anything like that before. It was, <laughs> it was, a uh, it was, I had to, I had to actually record that one. Um, the bread one, I think I did three times because the first time I didn't have my audio right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but Learning. Actually, That's how you learn, though, right? Making yes. mistakes. <laughs> yeah. So it was a stretch for you, but you did it and you kept trying. And even if you came upon a stumbling block, you tried again and you made it work. And you, so it was kind of like a, I think you used the word masterclass in your notes here and you packaged it and you put it together. So it's not a live baking course, correct? No, this one is not. Um, my subsequent ones are going to be because, you know, it's funny that I don't know. I never thought I would be doing this. I really didn't. But um, once I did this, once I, once I had this masterclass done, I launched it. I sat back I promoted it I, I kind of watched to see what it would do now I'm excited I go oh my gosh this worked this is this is this is great during my slump time here I actually made a really good profit um so I've got um the platform that I use that I used for it also can do live classes that's actually what they do so um I am scheduling my live class, and um, I, again, I'm I'm still kind of working out some um, tech things because I want to have somebody here <laughs> to help me just for the first one. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna do some live classes, and um, you know, it's funny. It's like I said, just not anything I would have ever expected I'd be doing. But that's cool. That makes it cooler. I think that makes the story just a fun story and it's a successful story. So obviously you focus on gluten-free, dairy-free, and this is a baking course, but what exactly is the problem that you're solving? 
So that's a great question. Um, I, in one, again, in one of, one of these survey questions, these were my options. These were kind of what I thought maybe would be the biggest, because how do you figure out a pain point? You know, that that's the, the age old question. How do you figure out exactly what their, um, what their struggle is? Um, and for this particular one, it was wasting ingredients on gluten-free recipes that don't turn out. Yeah. Uh, again, I, and I couldn't have crafted that, crafted that if somebody had asked me. There's just no way I would have, oh, no, they just want to bake bread. Yeah, yay, let's bake bread. No, they don't want, they, they want to have tried and true, take a tried and true recipe and bake along with somebody and not waste their ingredients. That is so interesting. <laughs> I mean, there's so much in there, too. Because not only do they want a tried and true recipe that is written out for them, they want to see someone else that they who they trust you making the recipe just so they have proof almost like, okay, it is working for her. We love Christine. We trust Christine and it's working for her. So it's going to work for me. And could you have ever come up with that before you sent out your survey? Oh my gosh. No, it, it wasn't even... Yeah, there was no, it wasn't really on my radar. Again, I was going to promote it as, you know, let's bake virtually. Yay, let's bake a loaf of bread virtually. But so I would have been off the mark and I probably wouldn't have done as well with the launch as I did if I'd used that as a headline. I, I did, you know, of course, within the sales page and everything, you know, you sprinkle in all the other things. Um but yeah, I, I mean, this, it took me, I would say I toyed around with a few different headlines. Now I didn't do, you know, a lot of people say to write down like 10 headlines and then, you know, I, I didn't do that. I really had maybe two or three that I kept kind of toying with. Um, so I, I didn't go, I didn't do what everybody else has to do with that. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it worked and I'm couldn't be happier. I mean, I would definitely, um, the launch did really well. I, I think for a lower, um, I priced it at, um, 29, um, for, for the week I had it launched for one week. And then, um, I, and on the sales page I had put, you know, it's a 40% discount. So it was going to go back up to um, like 49, which I think the math is a couple of percentage different, but up to 49. Um, and that was another thing that, that I kind of didn't, you know, again, we're, we're, we're food bloggers, you know, we give stuff away. We have recipes, you know, galore that are free. They don't have to do anything for them. So the idea of actually charging for something was, um, that actually took me a little while to. <laughs> I think you're not alone in that. <laughs> I think so, right? Yeah, I think that's a that's one of our pain points as a bunch of food bloggers is that we are so used to giving away things for free that it takes us a while to come around to the idea of charging. And I mean, I am all for food bloggers charging. Um, but yes, I agree. It's not just you, Christine. I think we've all been there. <laughs> but I just love this. Okay, so 
it's such a simple concept that we provide answers to our people by focusing on a pain point. It's so simple, but we overcomplicate. Like, how do we get to that pain point? And we we assume what their pain point is. I've done that for so many years. Um, we make guesses and we think, well, maybe because it's my pain point, it's also their pain point. And then we solve that problem and that's the wrong problem. But you found this really easy way to figure out the pain point by sending out a simple survey that people actually reply to and then you get their feedback and you don't just get the feedback, but you take time to sit down and comb through it and figure out what people are telling you. I love this. Um, if, if somebody else wants to figure out what their pain point, their audience's pain point is, what are some first steps? Yeah, yeah. So um, so here's kind of what I would suggest. Um, and I think it, it's across the board. Probably anybody can really implement something like this. But, um, you know, I, I would say, I mean, if you're talking about just kind of on the survey end of things, um, start with, I'm trying to think of how to actually, you know, put this into words, but you definitely want to, you know, collect kind of thing or look at things that are happening kind of on your blog. And again, this may take some time. It may not take some time, but it is worth diving into. I promise if you spend, you know, a couple of days just off and on, just kind of diving into even recipes, kind of what people are talking about. Um, If you've got an email list going, kind of see what, you know, um, I would highly suggest adding a question on, if it's not already there, I mean, a lot of people maybe already have it, but um, adding some kind of something to where they are are responding to the email saying, oh yeah, yeah, I actually, um, whatever their response may, whatever question that you're asking, but definitely put something in there as soon as possible because you'll get so much feedback back. They really, really do want to hear from a real person. They want to know that, oh, look, this is a real person on this blog. Okay. It's, that's neat, you know? Um, So, you know, yeah, as as far as the survey goes, um, finding, um, finding that stuff that's coming up in uh, as questions go, even things that you kind of think might be a way that you're answering their questions. I mean, again, I, I had stuff down there that, oh, maybe maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. I took a, um, again, like I said, I had this survey and I was typing everything out. And it probably took me a good I don't know, two days or something to actually put it all together, you know, put, because I would take stuff off and go, oh, no, I don't, I don't think that's leading them too much or, you know, cause you definitely don't want to lead them. You don't want to have, um, I don't even know how to like, um, give them options. And I, that's a one tip that I'd always have is always have an other, you know, if you've got, um, yeah, like uh, the questions, you know, I'm looking at this one where it's, what do you find most challenging about, again, mine's gluten-free baking, select all that apply. So you have one, two, three, four, five questions or five, uh, you know, possibilities for check marks, but then there's an other. So, you know, always include that because that's something that people can, um, you know, they feel like they can 
and it, especially if they feel like you're listening and you're actually wanting to help them solve a problem and figure out, you know, what issue that they're having with their cooking or, um, you know, that, that, I think that goes a long way. You know, people really just want to hear that you're, like we said, they're, they're at, that, that you're asking. They really want to know that you're asking and at least you're listening. Right, right. That you're actually you there and listening. Or, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whether you do something with it, that's, that's your thing, right? But at least you're saying, hey, I'm here. Let me right. know. That's important. It is. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're, after you, after everyone composes a survey, puts it together, puts some thought into the questions they're going to ask, send mm-hmm. it out, maybe send it a few times like you did. Um, I liked your idea. I wanted to point this out too, of maybe if people don't reply, just mentioning it in your week, weekly email, like, Hey, if you haven't filled this out, why don't you go do this? Right. Yes. Yeah. And you will, you'll get more, you will definitely get more responses. And then another thing I was going to comment, I thought, Ooh, maybe I've actually mentioned it four times because then I sent a thank you and it didn't have anything else, no recipe attached or anything, but it just had a thank you. And in all my emails, I always put an image. So it it had a, you know, just a thank you I found online. Um, And then that's another thing. I got a couple of more, I think, I'm pretty sure I know I did when, um, so when you tell them, you know, Hey, thank you so much for sending this out. I just love hearing from you. And then, you know, you'll get some more. So it was probably a total of four times that it was mentioned, um, before I kind of, um, you know, just kind of symbolically closed it. And I mean, it's still open. Anybody can actually fill it out, but you know, at that point I thought, okay, I've got enough to work with. I've got to start getting to work. And 600 responses is definitely yeah. a lot to work with. <laughs> wow. That's so impressive. So then you just mm-hmm. took the time. Did you set a few days aside or how long did it take you to really feel like you were understanding the responses? Yeah, th- that's the, really the tough part too. Um, I did. I, I took I took time, I set aside, you know, maybe an afternoon then, um, because I was excited too. I mean, once people are doing this, you're, you know, you want to dive into it. You want to see what they're saying. So I got kind of excited and I wanted to sit down and and go through it. And then at the same time, you have to step away because going through all of that. And um, I did, again, first thing I did was kind of put down, um, I think I probably went through, let's say I went through 20, okay, and just kind of looked at the first 20, and I jotted down what they said, okay. Then I went to the next 20 and looked at it, and oh, I put a little, um, not a check mark, but like a slash, you know, next, if it's popping up again. So, and that's really, that's the process I use, because Otherwise, how are you going to, it's impossible to go through all of that. And I don't have the AI capabilities. I don't, I'm not some like whiz with Excel. So um, I'm sure if somebody else was, you probably could say, oh, you could just do this and it'll total up your, but I I didn't. Um, It would have been neat though, (laughs) have something out there. Um, So no, I just did it old fashioned pen paper and then just put a slash mark next to each one that was, um, coming up. And then as I um, kind of went through, I would say, I I mean, I 
I did this, like I said, it, it, off and on for a few days to make sure that I was kind of accounting for for everything that was on there. And I ended up circling, um, let's see, I actually circled three things and then starred one thing. So that's kind of how it ended up that they're wasting ingredients. It, again, it's just one of those things that, oh, I didn't, and here's the, the interesting point on this, I didn't even have that as an option. Mm -mm. It was never on there. As I never even listed anything having to do with wasting ingredients. So revealing, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it wasn't something that can be nowhere on your radar, not in your mind, can pop up out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, that is not something I thought of. So do you use that in your messaging with your video, your online um, videos? Do you mention the wasting of ingredients? Um, so I do on the sales page. And yeah. Yeah, so that's that's actually the headline on my sales page. And then um, that's about it. I mean, I, I think I, I talk about it in one of the classes. Um, as I think that's the, the uh, fundamentals, the baking fundamentals class. Um, but that's about it. You know, I mean, I, I, I thought, it, yeah, I address it on that sales page. But, okay. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, I think that's the important place to put it. If that is the pain point, you want it to be there so people can say, oh my gosh, yes, I waste so many ingredients. And then they're like, I need to get this content from Christine. She's providing quality content. She's going to walk us through how to do this without wasting ingredients. So I think like f once you find the pain point, be absolutely sure that you put it on your sales page. I think that is kind of key. And then exactly. so after you read through the answers, you take a few days, you comb through them. I love that you made stars or you like put little, you know, like some sort of notation by the ones that were popping up again and again. And then you just pick the product idea that is solving one of the main pain points and you dive into selling it. And that's like magic, right? I mean, it's like so simple yet so hard. <laughs> it is. And you know, I'll tell you too, this is another thing where I had to kind of come to terms with it that, you know, there are so many. And this I even address it on the sales page because um, there are so many videos you can, I mean, we all know, right? You go to YouTube, you can watch all kinds of videos. But um, one thing that, again, I had to keep reminding myself of as I'm doing, going through this journey of, of creating this product, that your people want to hear from you, you know? So that was another thing that I, because if anybody is thinking of, oh, I'm going to do this, but shoot, there's so many out there. Why would people pay for that? Because that, that, you know, obviously, as a as a um, blogger and creator and all of that, that's where I struggled <laughs> the most. Is yeah, you just—it's you, yes. And they want that video series from Christine. They don't want that delivered from the blogger next door. They want it from you and your unique message and the way that you deliver that is important to them. So I love that. That's kind of a key thing that you brought out here because it's not just from anyone. Your audience wants to hear from you. So to keep that in mind as you're creating, figuring out the product and then creating it, 
Um, so I'm really glad that you pointed that out. Is there anything else? Like, I know this is, I've said this a million times, but it's so simple. <laughs> We've got to find that pain point, but it's like, I, I talk to a lot of food bloggers and this is so hard. It's such an easy, it's like one sentence, a few words, but it's so hard. So is there anything else you want to leave us with as far as anything we've talked about or anything additionally? How do we do this? Like, what are your final words of advice? Yeah, yeah. So um, definitely, I mean, my, my final words of advice, I definitely would say, again, you, you know, it, it's you, okay? They're and funny enough, people are so forgiving. I mean, I've had, you know, as I watched my, for example, I watched my a promo video that I had done and I kind of thought, oh, shoot, that wasn't right. You know, but again, people don't realize that. You're the one that's realizing that. Um, so that's what I would say for that is is addressing that, yes, it's something you should do. Your people will love you for it. Um, and then... Um, yeah, I mean, as as far as, you know, figuring things out and, and making, you know, create, like crafting maybe is the word, crafting that ask. Um, it's, you know, I think the longer that you have um, a, I guess, a, an email um, going in this, this uh, what do you call it, like a sequence, you know, if you have an email sequence going, as long as that is in there, you will get people to respond because they, that's actually one thing that I'm doing right now is, is revamping my email sequence, um, you know, when people first sign up because I, I did, I, I do feel like that's your one shot, you know, and now that I have, and I think anybody, even if you have an ebook or something that you're selling, that's your shot to kind of introduce them to you and go, oh, you know, this is this this person. I actually, you know, and I kind of, I don't know, I reveal a little bit about myself. I, I don't, I mean, I, I'm private, but yet, you know, I, I do let them in a little bit on my life. And um, it just seems to help. I don't know. I know food bloggers are, we try to just, you know, keep it, you know, keep it all about the recipe. And that's what we're told to do because we should do it. But you know, I think there is an element of um, listening and, you know, a smile goes a long way. I don't know. I, I could go on and on, but. <laughs> no, it's, I so agree with that because, I mean, depending on the experts we, we talk to or listen to, we hear that we should strip our personalities out at least to a certain extent. And I just so disagree with that. I feel like our audiences are not going to fall in love with us if we don't have a personality, if we're just solely delivering information. So I love that you said that too, because it's a reminder to all of us that without a personality, people aren't going to want to be in your world. They might want your recipes if they're good. But like in your case, Christine, people know and trust you and they like you, and they want to see you making the recipe. And that is their confirmation that they're not going to waste ingredients. So I think that's kind of the missing key is that, you know, the, the if the personality has gone, then are they going to care about watching your, your videos? Probably not. But your personality is there. So of course, they want to do that. So your personality has helped to sell your product. Yep. 
I, I you said it very nicely. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Right? Yeah. Oh, that is okay. This has been such a fun chat. I just think there's so much value in this little teeny tiny concept. It's so simple. Put some time into it, like Christine has done, and really, like you've really put love into it. I mean, you've really thought through the questions and your people. And you did some work beforehand by asking them questions and other emails. And just if you can do that, then you're going to get those pain points delivered to you. And then you can act on them. And then you can also make money. So I have just loved everything. Thank you for being here today, Christine, and for everything you've shared. This has been super valuable. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been fun and I'm glad to know you and I would just love it if you would share with us either a favorite quote or words of inspiration. Yeah, yeah. So um, words of inspiration would be to get something out there. Ask your people what they want and get it out there. Yes, just do it, right? Just do it. Put out a survey. Start composing your survey today. I love it. Just do it. Well, where can we find you online, Christine? Can you share your website, Instagram, anywhere else that people should go to look for you? Yeah, yeah. So I am at uh, zestforbaking.com. And it's um, just all one word. And then um, so Instagram is just zest underscore for underscore baking. Perfect. And we will put together a show notes page for you, Christine. So if anyone wants to go look at those, um, we may even put some of those questions that we talked through on there if Christine's okay with that. Um, So you can find all of that at eatblogtalk.com forward slash zest for baking. So go look there. And just thank you again, Christine, for being here and taking the time. And I just appreciate you. And thank you so much for listening, food bloggers. I will see you all next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.